0: Sci-Fi For Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to this edition of the H2O podcast. My name is Jason Hunt.
0: And I am Timothy Harvey.
1: And look, we've got both microphones working from the very beginning. I'm proud of myself. I hit all the right buttons.
0: <clears throat> Do we are we sure?
1: Yes, well, and tonight I have I have my my little tiny my little tiny Sith lightsaber <laughs> which I could turn on, but it, it it won't turn off, so. It's
0: the power of the dark side, Jason. Once you let it in, <laughs> you can't get rid of it.
1: I know, right? I'm just going to do. That I'm hurts. just, I'm just going to wave it in front of the camera for the rest of the night, and that'll be my my contribution to the show. <laughs> right? Sure. All right. Sure. Fair All enough. right. Welcome everyone, and thank you for joining us. It is May the fourth, and for some generations. It is considered Star Wars Day, even though we know that really Star Wars Day is May twenty fifth.
0: It's not as alliterative.
1: I know, I know, but still for for those for those who know. You know, it's it's one of those things that's just like it's not as nifty a marketing tool. That's true, that's true. And Disney doesn't own anything that we say tonight. However,
0: if they'd like to buy us,
1: they'd—they'd uh, like to make—they'd like to lay a claim on. Uh, did you see that?
0: Yes, I—I uh, <sighs> was very amused. Uh, there are a handful of of uh, accounts I follow on Twitter that are in the legal profession who do First Amendment law, and uh, so they were just like, "Okay, folks, let me explain." <laughs> This they well, can say this all they want, but
1: <laughs> Well, and I, I I get what they were trying to do. I you know, they've got this It was just poorly it was just really poorly worded. It, it well, was... it it was the marketing department got clever yeah. and the legal department came in and said, Oh wait, what, 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 uh, what, what uh uh yeah, you gotta right. do all of this. And the marketing department goes, Okay. Um Legalese translated into marketing speak, and just really botch the whole thing. Right? And I mean, you they actually just made need a translator
0: because. to get between the two because yeah. uh, uh, there's a lot less Latin involved in marketing uh, <laughs> at this point. So it's
1: it's one of those things where I'm sitting there going, um, "Okay, I I get it. I know what Disney's trying to do here because they have they have a thing, and they're going to try to you know they they're, they're going to promote their channel." And sure. it's a, it's a rights and permissions thing. And, and, and I, you know, yeah, but to see the internet blow up over it.
0: Well, like... and there's another thing that, that, that you get to find out that's been very entertaining over the last couple of years as, as, um, the internet of course has turned into a million experts, most of which are not experts in the field they're discussing.
1: Oh, sure. It's, been,
0: it's always very, very fascinating to sit the people who have watched a few episodes of law and order think they know how the law works and and it's like any field folks uh it's the same reason that you would not go to uh your dentist to get your uh pancreas removed um you would
1: not go Wait, what i gotta cancel my appointment next week i was gonna say you gotta make sure
0: you double check you know you wouldn't go to your vet to uh uh get your leg replaced um things you you know There are specialists in certain fields and and in the law and in uh, like any any field, there's all kinds of specialty. Trust me, folks, as much as I love law and order and I'm old enough to remember when it was brand new and watch it religiously like a good (laughs) chunk of the country did. um, It's not a good legal education. No, so um,
1: nor nor is nor nor are shows like the West Wing good political education.
0: No, Um, there's there's a difference between entertainment and education. Uh, and trust me, uh, it costs an awful lot more to go to a specialist school, uh, to for law or medicine or <laughs> pretty much anything than it does to sit down and uh, pay your cable subscription. But Not, you know, although, it's you
1: know, it, it's like anything else. Though social media makes everybody an expert in everything. I mean, you know. Right. The, the same people who are experts in epidemiology on Twitter are suddenly experts in law on Twitter and they're experts in.
0: Well, and then, and then the other thing, yeah, the reminder, of course, is that just because you're an expert in one field does not mean you're qualified to speak to another field. Because <laughs> there are many, many great uh, uh, folks in the medical field who haven't studied law and a great many lawyers who haven't studied medicine, and, and uh, a
1: great many people on social media who haven't studied either one, exactly. <laughs> but they have
0: an opinion. And oh, uh, uh, reminder, uh, folks, um, not everything you hear on the internet is in fact entirely true.
1: You know, I forgot that this was this was a an M and M's container, little mini M and M's came out of the hand of the pommel with this. they even own the chocolate now. I know, right? They even own the chocolate. Mars. m M&M Mars. Made in China. <clears throat> well,
0: that's where you... Uh, it, it would cost two or three oh. times as much.
1: What? What's this? <laughs> hey, look. <laughs> Oh. There's, ha- there's, there's
0: no point going on Jason found the M&M's and
1: Do I win? He's
0: won H2O tonight And um, <laughs> we can all go home so, Wait, I am home oh. Oh. <laughs> I go. Uh,
1: Look at that, M&M's inside uh, Who knows how long those have been sitting in there uh, Well, uh, wow. it's, a relative,
0: it's a controlled environment uh, Relatively uh, Of course, they've been irradiated <laughs>
1: um. Oh <laughs> that's
0: that's funny. that's funny. So for the folks at home who are listening to the show, Jason did in fact yes. find a package of M and M's, a fun inside. size,
1: a fun size package. You know, their of, definition mm.
0: of fun, and my definition of fun, has always been uh, I, I, I can handle more
1: chocolate than their I, fun size. I could handle more fun than that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, all right. So speaking of fun, speaking of fun, May the Fourth, Star Wars, and all that good. stuff good stuff. Uh, yeah. We're not going to talk about Star Wars. <clears throat> we are actually going to talk about all... well, not all. We're going to talk about some of the movies and television shows that copied Star Wars. Uh, some, In some cases, some would say they ripped off Star Wars because... It was a huge thing that took the culture by storm in 1977. It was completely unexpected. And everybody wanted a piece of it. Everybody wanted to do it and have that same kind of success with their own versions of it.
0: And some, we would say, definitely ripped it off because they used the footage. (laughs) Yes. But they did it. Oh, international copyright law (laughs) of the time. Not so much now, well, but back co- then there was a little bit of, well, as long as we don't actually tell them we're stealing all of their footage and now. music and sound effects, maybe they won't notice.
1: Well, and copyright law now is is a, a subject is a sore subject for some now, especially in the gaming community, given what's going on with a certain misbehaving canine. I mean, you can't even you can't even mention. This this video game that's about to come out without uh, having the concern that you're going to get a copyright strike. It is unbelievable you know, what I, they're I, doing. I,
0: what little I have looked into on this, and I've spent a little bit of time, just you know, not a whole lot because I don't I don't spend that much time on social media. But the the a nice recurring theme I'm seeing is a lot of people going, you know, I love to play the games god i hate the industry yeah and i think that yeah. it's really unfortunate And we've this is not a new thing this seems like it's kind of actually been sort of a culmination of where we've been going with the video game industry for a while um i mean just i you know we've there have been plenty of missteps over the years sure our companies and some god help you if god help you if you happen to be an you know uh someone who's actually building one of these games um the hours you're going to work and the lack of job security you're going to have and the fact that you're likely to get fired as soon as your game is done. Yeah. Um,
1: But in this particular case where the publishers and the developers are copyright striking anybody who has anything to say about it. I mean, the abuse of the system right now is so rampant and it's one of the things I I talked about it last night on, on pineapple where we're talking about the, The abuse of the copyright system and and the censorship and the abuse of pretty much every system over on YouTube has me thinking it's time to jump. It's time to jump ship. We're going to do our own thing, and we'll talk about that at a later take, maybe on 225. So tonight, Star Wars ripoffs, Star Wars copycats. And I guess where do we start?
0: Well, I think there one we can start with one that, that might upset some people to look at it this way, but it's fair because it was admitted and it was really sort of the plan, and that is Battlestar Galactic. The who, original T V the Glenn who, Larson.
1: Who admitted it?
0: Uh pretty much the studio at the time. They wanted to make their own Star Wars. They wanted to make their own you know, they and I'm not talking... they're you know, this is this is a fairly logical thing. So you see somebody doing a successful thing and you want to do your own version. Right. Uh, And in many ways, that's what they were doing. Uh, And there's a certain amount of, you know, the... While there was a certain amount of Mormon theology that was baked into it, because, of course, the creative team behind it, um, it has some of the same mysticism as Star Wars. It has uh, a Han Solo and a Luke Skywalker character to some degree. You can find a lot of analogs in there. Especially when you look at the original... uh, you know, the, the first few episodes of the show and the original, you know, the recut movie and all these things and how these things were originally laid out. You know, they there's some definite um, continuity lurching from the original things we saw in Battlestar Galactica and then pretty much what the series came to be known for.
1: Well, and you know what you know why that is, is because it wasn't supposed to be a TV series in the first place. Right. Um, It was originally conceived, and and, uh, according to something that I had read, Glenn Larson said that he had had this idea as, as far back as, I think, 1968, something called Adam's Ark. And the original idea for the show was that Earth was destroyed and humanity had left the planet and gone looking for some haven and new place to live. And that eventually became what we know is Battlestar Galactica, and that was the result of, like you said, the, the studio says, hey, what do we have? Uh, but the original idea was not for it to be a series. It was going to be a, uh, a, a collection of made-for-TV movies, which is why the, there's a disjointed feel for some of those episodes, especially when you look at some of the cast, because they weren't supposed to be there. <laughs> right, right. So well, yeah, you
0: can, you can see in the production design. Um, certainly, there's there's uh, echoes of Darth Vader's helmet in the Cylon design. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the Starfighters, um, the Cylon ships. You can you can see the evolution of someone going, okay, what's our Tie Fighter look like? What's our X-wing look like?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, no. I mean, you can see that stuff. Um, but you know, well, and having John Dykstra involved. Also, oh, sure. probably, you know, had a had a hand in that as well. So. And,
0: and I think you do have to acknowledge, for all the fact that fun though it may be to look back at the Battlestar Galactica TV show, the original show, it was very much a product of its time and very much a product of episodic television. Especially once it got past the movie, the 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 plan for the original movie thing, there yeah. um, you end up with some less than great episodes there's some good there's some good ones in there there's some you know there's a reason why there's Battlestar Galactica fans it's a very entertaining show But when you look at the production design in many ways it it was very good for its time Mm. I mean there's there's no question that some of the production design on that show even if it was recycled shots a lot of the time um there was there was some really some good design there, et cetera, et cetera. And, oh goodness, we're getting another reboot. So what are we going to do? So.
1: <laughs> I know it's just like why? Why are why are they doing that?
0: Because because there's an interest, you know. It's whether it's a fan interest or a studio interest. There's an interest, and uh, although I'm not entirely sure that the marketing uh, model applies anymore for things like that. No. Um,
1: well, I, and I, and I have to wonder what this Battlestar Galactica is going to look like given that we just had one and do you do you do you base it off of that and evolve it further or do you go back to the 1978 series and go in a different direction from there honestly
0: if it was me if if, you know if, if they had come to me and said please Tim give us give us your wisdom um I would have laughed but if they had done that um, I would actually go back to the original uh, designs, and not because not because I think they're they're that the new design the, the new series designs are there's something there's something wrong with them, mm-hmm. but I would actually if you're if you're gonna do so, try and do something quote unquote new with Battlestar Galactica, yeah. I would say you give it the actual decades later sequel. Um, because I, as far as I'm aware, I, I'd heard rumors about a series that was set on earth. Uh, and I think that this is, you know, clearly, clearly someone's demented, uh, ravings. Um, <laughs> my wisdom, by the way, uh, for, for the you know, sci-fi snob, uh, is reasonably, is priced at reasonable rates. And, um, I'm more than happy to discuss, uh, what kind of, uh, payment arrangements we can come up with that. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would go back to the original, honestly, Uh, and make it a sequel to that just because just because we have a reimagining which turned out overall forever whatever you feel about the ending of the show overall it turned out really well Yeah, it was a lot of it was high quality it was a high quality reimagining it wasn't just a you know let's make a buck off this thing it actually uh was was thought fairly well through for a long time of that run of that show
1: well and the other part too is if you if you acknowledge the second season, the nineteen eighty season, um they did have the sequel on Earth and as as Snob points Lies out. and Slander. I I, I know, I know. Matthew well, hello in the chat. That's an example that's an
0: example of a you know, we you <clears throat> sometimes when you go back to the well and you don't think about it in a in a really thorough manner you end up with a show like that, or you actually end up with a show like after mash mm. where you have some of the original cast and you have some of the original, but it doesn't have, there's mm. a, there's a reason that say mash ran as, you know, ran longer than the war it was set in. Um, and that was not only the fact that it was that particular group of actors because the cast did change over time, yeah. but also because the story, the message that was trying to end and, and, and the setting To have those kind of messages, the show was talking about in a wartime setting lent it a certain amount of weight. Uh, That once you take it out of that setting, I mean, it changed the dynamic and the and the the emotion of the show in a way that you know was very very clear. There's nothing wrong with Aftermath; it It, just wasn't Mash.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people were expecting Mash, and it was just you know it's just Colonel Potter and Klinger. Wasn't Radar on that show? I think Father Father Mulcahy. And you, know, so made pair, I believe. you don't get Hawkeye, you don't get Trapper John, although Trapper John got his own show later, but it, it also well, was not MASH. Right, but um, at
0: least that show basically Time dilation. It let you it let it be this is the character from that, but we're not leaning on that. Yeah. And here, of course, um the the 1980 series really wanted to be chips in space. <laughs>
1: Well, and I think I think one of the problems that Galactica 80 had was the fact that ABC didn't want to spend a million dollars an episode again. And right. well, that really cut into what they were able to do with that show and you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you kind of you kind of have to make an omelet out of whatever eggs you've got left and it didn't quite turn out right. Didn't but,
0: quite is is a kind uh, series yeah. of words you put together there.
1: There are certain pieces of Galactica eighty that I think are fun and and imaginative. Um, not well, a lot, quite, that, but you know.
0: That's why I'd say you'd you? pick it up. You'd actually go if you want it, if you're going to make a new version of <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, go back to that mm-hmm. and and do that kind of thing. We've talked about it before. Don't remake the good movies remake the bad ones. And in this particular case, there's whatever potential there is to revisiting some of these characters and bringing back what actors you can, uh, who are still alive, who are still willing to be part of this, you know, there's there's a potential there to do something interesting. Of course, it's all going to come down to the writing. And in a case like this, with Battlestar Galactica, whatever version you do, you have to commit to the special effects yeah um, I mean it's a
1: well it's, and now it's easier to do than it was back then so sure, you know
0: sure you just, you don't have to build models but there's no question that that there is a budgetary requirement to yeah. these things and
1: uh, can you imagine Starbuck in command of the of the Galactica
0: I mean I think you would have to have an interesting yes I can actually because
1: uh, he'd be like Captain uh, Kirk you know the cowboy.
0: Well, no, because at this point he wouldn't be the cowboy, and, the, and that's part of the story—is why yeah. he's not the cowboy anymore. There's there's one of one of your writing arcs right there—is to sure. explain how the the Maverick became the you know head of state or the or the the commanding figure instead of the the hotshot. So that could be interesting. And what you would do here's the clever thing. This is this is where you throw <laughs> the money at me, uh, studios. Um, you cleverly cast some of the characters the actors from the reboot oh as character new ca- new characters completely new characters uh-huh. in this show uh with no relation to the characters they were playing in in the new battle Galactica. and don't just talk about it just do it don't don't make a big deal just here they are and this person is playing you know um <laughs> because you know these you want know, these are actors and they can play the part so do it you
1: know that that would be rather clever, I think.
0: I think so. Yes. So, if all right. You so, send royalty checks. To you. Yeah.
1: No <laughs> kidding, right? All right. So, <laughs> so besides Battlestar Galactica, because we we could talk about Battlestar Galactica all night, but that's that's just one example because they actually got yeah. sued by George Lucas in 1980, I believe, mm-hmm. because you know you've copied Star Wars, and and the suit never went anywhere, but there were other other shows other films that aped star wars um one of the ones that i was thinking about uh yesterday doesn't really copy star wars so much as it steals elements from Mm -hmm. star wars and that's battle of the planets because uh it was a re-edit and americanized version of Gachaman from Japan, from Japan anime show. And it was later re-edited as G-Force, depending on which, yeah. gen- you know, which generation you're in. I watched and it as Battle of the Planets.
0: I, I I did as well. And the fascinating thing about this show is that the, when you watch the original source material, as somebody who watched G-Force or Battle of the Planets, you're going, I don't even know what's going on here. <laughs> um, Who are these characters? Because it's yeah. a completely different show. It was, it was completely, it was chopped to bits in the edit room and redubbed. And it's a completely different show, which is fascinating. If you happen to be a fan of them, yeah. being able to go back and actually, you know, have this brand new experience with a show that you, th- you, you grew up with, but the source material is like this brand new, cool thing. Yeah.
1: No. Well, and, and, the American version of it, you know, from the very beginning, because I remember the first time I saw it, and you have the big, the big splashy fanfare with the trumpets and everything. I was, oh, this kind of sounds like, and then you have Sandy Frank presents all flying off, and I was like, oh, this right, is like Star yeah. Wars, and yeah, and and I was hooked. And let's let's see what it is, and it, it was it was fun. But Arc Seven Zark Seven. The, the little droid character in the American version doesn't show up anywhere in, in Gachaman. He's, he's completely um, in the American version, and that's it. I don't even think he's in G-Force. I think he's I just think in Battle of the Plants. So. And he looks like R2-D2. He looks like the, he looks like the concept art that Ralph McQuarrie right. did with right. the armatures and all of that. And he talks like C-3PO and I'm like oh I see what you did there that's cute that's clever I like this I'm going to watch this show
0: it, well you know and we were the target audience the, the younger the folks who had been to see star wars in the theater were really the target audience for that and their and their little sisters and little brothers mm. uh, who, of course who were sucked into it too so there's i mean there's a lot there that that show owes to and it was it was a, a want in the audience for more of that kind of thing. Star Wars was such a big hit. Um, And, you know, other studios dived into that as well. One of my, I have a personal fondness um, while recognizing it is not a great movie for Battle Beyond the Stars. (laughs) Yes. I, I really do have a huge fondness for this movie. And some of it has to do with, it's a Roger Corman picture. Some of it has to do with, uh, John Boy from the Waltons is the lead, uh, which is something that kind of, you know, if you're if you are young enough to remember growing up with the Waltons on TV.
1: Young enough, young enough to remember growing up with the Waltons.
0: <laughs> sure. Phrasing. Uh, uh, phrasing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well. You're old <laughs> enough to not remember that's a different thing too um but uh you know and and it was very much and and it was actually interestingly enough, it was a james Cameron was uh the art director for them yeah, and so it's you look at the people who are involved and it it actually had a really uh impressive cast of faces that if you were familiar with you know tv uh you know you got robert vaughn you got john saxon you got these char- these character actors that you saw all the time george papard was in that george- too yeah it? um and Christopher uh, Plummer. yeah and uh and it's inspired by seven samurai so or or um uh the magnificent seven if you want to americanize <laughs> it um but and it's it's for all its flaws, and it is a flawed movie, make no mistake. Um, I really do have a fondness for that film. It is a... And again, I was the right age when it came out. Yeah, um, And I, I'd say in terms... If you haven't seen the film, think Battlestar Galactica level effects. Um, and you may have actually seen... Um, later, Roger Corman would take the sp- the space footage and use it again in another film which name suddenly eludes me
1: uh yeah i ran across that and i didn't write it down
0: but uh, Um, so he recycled his own footage in this particular case for a completely different movie (laughs) that was much more forgettable um but actually battle beyond the stars is a lot of fun but it's very much star wars it's a farm boy going off to rescue a princess from an evil villain and he puts together a group of you know Ragtag group around him to help fight the evil villain, and there's planet destroying beams and all these things, or fleet destroying beams in this case. But no. um, yeah, but it's it's um it's cheesy in the right way. Of of all the of all the ones that are very much you know, uh, gee. Are we trying to, to make a little money off the uh, you know make our own little uh, Star Wars bucks here? It's the one I enjoy the most, no. probably of all of them.
1: Robert in the chat asking, "By Battlestar Galactica effects, you mean the same three effects reused over and over and over again?" <laughs> now, well, see, because Roger Corman did that, but if if you stop and and look at the the level of quality on the effects, see the. There's a couple of things with Battlestar Galactica. One, you have really good space battle effects, especially given that it was a television show in the late 70s, and the the only problem, really, is the fact that they had to reuse the shots. I don't think that you would have the same cheesy factor, if you will, if there were more shots, you know, more of a mix of shots rather than that same that one where the the Cylon Raider goes this way and the guns track it and blows up, and we see that every time. You know, all of these shots were repeated, but if they'd had a more of a mix, then it might not have been so noticeable. Um, but you even saw the same shots in Galactica eighty that you saw in the first season. Well so. but it, to give it to give it credit,
0: it's not as bad as v the TV series <laughs> <laughs> where we watch the same shuttle shot. Yeah. I think two or three times every episode either flipped or sometimes upside down, sometimes color inverted, sometimes turned at slightly at an angle. you know it's just like, okay, it's the same shot, guys. Okay.
1: Well, and you know, it's it's one of those things is stock shot. I mean, Star Trek too. Most, most of the, well, all of the shots of the Enterprise leaving dry dock were all recycled from, from Star Trek, the motion picture.
0: But considering how much footage they actually shot of those particular shots, you could actually pull stuff that didn't necessarily look like the same shot. Um, I think that the, no, I would say with Battle Beyond, uh, Battle Beyond the Stars, uh, the best of the Battlestar Galactica stuff, the, the stuff really early on in the show's run where they weren't super recycling quite as much um, and again you had people like Cameron were doing art direction on that and it also helped that you actually had James Horner on the score. Mm-hmm. So it actually had it music wise and people forget sometimes that the, 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 the quality of the music actually goes a long way for some of this stuff that it actually made especially as a, as a kid watching it in 1980. Um, it was kind of, you know, it, it gave you that feeling that exciting, you know, feeling. And of course I was a little bit geared for this sort of thing because it really does kind of evoke some of the science fiction, serial stuff back of the, the, you know, the old flash Gordon and Buck Rogers stuff from the, the, you know, forties and fifties. Yeah. Well, um,
1: plus, you know, we had, we had just started, you know, with Doctor Who here in the United States and the special effects for those were not great. Um, you know, they did have
0: more budget on Battle Beyond the Stars than the BBC generally spent on Doctor Who. Yeah, that.
1: but, you know, we were used to that. It was like, oh, okay, well, this is sure. what it is. This is, this is, you know, we fill in the blanks of what it's actually supposed to be and we just watch it for what it is and we enjoy it that way. And it's, it's one of those that um, you know, you're 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 willing to forgive a lot of flaws in that time period. That nowadays, sure. I think maybe people, you know, th- the young ones, the young uns aren't willing to forgive those flaws. They look at those things and think, "Oh, well, that's just well."
0: Cool. In in fairness to the time, um, if we had had the the Those kind of effects back then uh we would have probably have been uh just as unaccepting um we have to you know we have to acknowledge that those effects just weren't available yeah. to us at the time
1: yeah and uh, matt, matt and, to your your point about star trek the motion picture it, it would have been thirty minutes shorter without all of the shots of the enterprise you have to remember too, and I don't know how old you are but For Star Trek fans who had spent a decade with reruns and, you know, I guess you could equate it to Star Wars fans going 30 years and thinking we're never going to get another one again. And here we are 10 years. We're never going to get any more Star Trek. It's all done and over. And now suddenly we're getting a movie you you have to because the enterprise was just as much of a character as Kirk and Spock and McCoy and all the rest of them where you have to show off the new model on the screen and the big reveal and everything else i mean it's it's a payoff on
0: on one hand though it is what the terminology uh, is scenery porn well, and yeah there's some of that there but also again if you that this is one of those things you and i have talked about this before the director's cut for all the fact that it is uh you know
1: it's actually shorter i think
0: it's slightly shorter but it's also re-edited so uh, those scenes are still there and that scale ends up being um tighter uh and you still get that that epic scale of the the of seeing the ship for the first time and and getting you know the new design and all of the different things, but it also flows better and it's one of the things that you know we've recommended the director's cut of Star Trek: The Motion Picture a lot because it's really really good.
1: And Star uh, Trek owes its big screen debut essentially to the success of Star Wars, no? Yeah. Because Paramount at the time was in the process of developing the Paramount Network, Paramount Television Network, in the mid seventies. You know, uh, UPN was not a new idea when it came out. And they were, I think, you know, scripts had been written for Star Trek Phase 2 and they were starting to cast. And uh, suddenly there's this thing in the theaters called Star Wars and Paramount says, well, what have we got? And so then Star Trek became a series of movies because Star Wars was such a success. So,
0: you know, well, and, and especially if you'd looked, if you'd seen some of the original production design, redesigned ideas for the Enterprise, uh, some of which have made their way into things like Discovery and Picard mm-hmm. as, as ship designs. Um, um, Ralph Macquarie. Did some of those uh, yep. production designs? We could have had a very star destroyery enterprise uh, if his if his designs had had gone ahead the way that they were looking at. And so, you know, there's it, there was a definite influence. And again, you know, it was such a huge success and such a big surprise that it was a huge success. Mm. That the idea that that folks wouldn't try to take some influence from it you know and of course they would of course they would sure. um, and star trek fans would have gritted their teeth <laughs> and fallen in love with the new ship anyway because you know
1: well and and that leads me to the next one because of the jimmy Doan connection because another show that kind of uh, does a little bit with that Jason of Star Command, right, and Space Academy. Those two from from Lou. Well,
0: more Jason than Space Academy.
1: True, yeah, but the uh, you know the ships. Actually, the ships kind of are, are reminiscent of what we got in V, uh, with the shuttles being a similar design. Now, you know, I wonder if they were recycled at all. I might have to look into that now. That's, oh, that's now I've got curious but yeah yeah, jason of star command i mean he's kind of a captain kirk ish han solo type you know and and you know boldly going as it were and of course sid haig with his with his monocle and you know dragos and you know the red and the black and you know all of that oh yeah it 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 very much owes some of its visual style to star wars certainly oh no
0: question um, and, and I would much rather watch that than go back and wait, say, watch Star Crash. <laughs> so, if you folks haven't seen Star Crash, this was, um, well, Christopher Plummer is in it, um, as a good guy. Um, David Hasselhoff is in it. With his hair. Uh, his hair is in it. And, uh, uh, he's sort of a Han Solo kind of character.
1: Mm-hmm. Carolyn um, Caroline Monroe is the is the Princess Leia type,
0: right? Right, um, and it's very, very. It's not quite Star Wars with the serial numbers filed off, but <laughs> you, you you could see how some of this was very, very influenced. I it's th- not a particularly great movie yeah. um, at all. Um, David Hasselhoff was a made for a fantastic Night Rider character, <laughs> and and Jason seems to think is a good Nick Fury, but uh, in terms of a style, oh, I, I, I never,
1: I never think was a good Nick Fury. I I'm acknowledging that he's the original Nick Fury in filmed media, and so therefore should have some sort of cameo in the MCU. I yeah. want I want history to be acknowledged here. That's that's my thing. Well, you know, um,
0: and yes, Magiway
1: and Caroline Monroe was something to something to see back. back Oh, well, you know,
0: again, coming back to Battle Beyond the Stars, Sybil Danning. Oh, yeah. uh, As a as a as a a young a young lad, uh, Sybil Danning and Sybil Danning's costumes. (laughs) Holy moly. Uh, But yeah, I mean, so Star Crash is is. Bad it's just it's it's bad but it's also kind of it's also kind of bad fun i mean it's got mm-hmm. its its level of just are you kidding me um or ooh, that's ooh, wow yeah it, it, it can be it, it's a good saturday afternoon you know sit down with some friends and, and, and amuse yourself with that's See, not
1: bad and i and i run across uh in in the prep for this I've run across a number of trailers from Shout Factory because a lot of these are out on DVD and Blu-ray now mm-hmm. and so I'm thinking sure. you know that would be kind of fun to have you know the Shout Factory Saturday night movie and and maybe have some of these where we could all just kind of sit down and screen these films and you know maybe not necessarily do a a, a mystery science theater type of thing but but do the the B-movie, the drive-in, Joe Bob yeah, Briggs yeah, yeah. type stuff, and mm-hmm. I think that would be really fun to do, especially if there's anybody that we can interview in the wraparounds and you know talk, oh, to, talk to people yeah, about this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think I misspoke earlier because I said Christopher Plummer was in Battle Beyond the Stars. He was in Star Crash. I don't think he was in Battle Beyond the Stars, not Christopher Plummer. Oh, okay. Plummer. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was, um, I had got those two mixed up.
0: Um, I do have a fondness for one for, and this is a strange thing to say so Disney tried to make their version of Star Wars once and they failed
1: <laughs> and, um, and they keep talking about
0: remaking it and they do it's the black hole and I have a I have a fondness for this film and I think part of it comes back to the same way that I ended up doing production design for for short films and, and a couple features is that parts of the production design of the black hole are just amazing oh yeah i mean the, the ship itself the cygnus um is just a beautiful beautiful design massively impractical for spacefaring but boy that ship looked great it's kind of like the event horizon from the the self-titled movie mm-hmm. um you know you would you'd have to be crazy to get on board that spaceship but, boy it looked cool yeah. Uh, and but it's very much. I mean, they even have an R two D two and a C three PO bickering robot characters <laughs> in the black hole. Um, it was Disney's first really adult science fiction movie, and it's surprisingly violent for a Disney picture. Yeah. Um, I, well, let me let me qualify that. For the time, it was surprisingly violent. It's very bloodless if you look at it now. <laughs> But it's it, for the time, and we we got we got disembowelings, we got lobotomies, we got uh, just some really brutal um, concepts being put there, and what people were thinking was more of a children's film, but it was definitely not written as a children's film. No, no,
1: um, and and I, if I remember right, it was the it wasn't it their first PG live action film. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah.
0: Um, and and, but and I that mean, was it, a
1: big thing. That was a big oh, yeah. deal. It's like, wait a minute, Disney's making a PG movie?
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's got Robert Forster, uh, Anthony Perkins, Ernest Borgnine. Um, uh, oh, for heaven's sakes, who played uh, who played the evil doctor?
1: Spoiler alert: the, There's a bad guy. Um, it was Maximilian Schell, wasn't it? Maximilian Schell. That's right. Of yeah. course,
0: one of the an actor who who never quite had um, the American, you know, made, huge in Europe, uh, but never quite had the the American uh, exposure that he got over in, in you know the UK and and, and in Europe. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's the it's a surprisingly interesting movie the execution is
1: erratic but it still um, holds up though for the most but,
0: part uh but maximilian is still a very disturbing uh robot
1: yeah well of uh, course you've got roddy mcdowell and slim whitman doing the the voices of the robots yes that's not yes. A, if that's not a diametrically opposed combination i don't know what is you know and i gotta I tell you I used to- and Costello
0: there. I owned the action figures yeah so i uh, I was quite content uh, to uh, to buy uh, the action figures for those uh, I had Bob and I had uh, Vincent and I had Maximilian
1: I uh, I still have and it's in the garage and I need to bring I need to get it out and and repair it but I still have a model of the Cygnus hmm. and it's mostly intact. Um, and I think I still have the Palomino that goes with you because there's the, you know, the Palomino sits right, down sure, on the front. Yeah, right. um, a lot of the towers and the antenna have, have broken off over the years. Uh, but I still have the signals. Maybe I'll have to hang it here in the studio somewhere. And, and,
0: well, and it's, you know, it, part of the, part of the, the issue that that film ran into as well was the science is just so bad it might as well be fantasy fantasy science well it's dizzy Uh, well yeah but even so i mean uh so the the i think one of the things that we keep hearing about a remake which on one hand there's so much potential in the original that part of me wants one just because Mm -hmm. it's we talk about remake the the films that didn't quite work or the bad films and but part of me is like boy if you guys get this wrong i'm going to be peeved
1: well (laughs) And I saw right given... I sternly worded complaint. <laughs> I shall be very put out. Uh, well, and given given the fact that we have so many um so many remakes and reboots and relaunches and whatnot that have gone wrong. Right, there's a is... reason to be concerned.
0: But but then you look at something like um you know the the reimagining of Battlestar Galactica, where so much thought actually went into it that even when it didn't work, they at least were making a uh, you could tell they were making a serious attempt. And 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 Robert, um, Event Horizon, which we're also getting a remake of, uh, or a TV series supposedly getting a TV series of Event Horizon. Really, um, the, the concept of what Event Horizon is a remake of or a reimagining of or a prequel to there's the, the the warhammer uh 40k folks who would sit there and say you know this is clearly set in the same universe <laughs> there's arguments they made it's set in the hellraiser universe uh and that it's actually uh, clearly uh, uh the, the it's a, it's a Cenobite at the end i mean there's all kinds of fa- for all the for all the facts that that director paul w s anderson is responsible for some, let's say, less than grand um, video game movies.
1: Well, doesn't Hellraiser just cross over into everything? Well, yes. If
0: you peel back the, if you peel back <laughs> the the top layer of all things, Pinhead stares back at you from beyond. Um, which, of course, but that's another thing. We're getting a new movie and a new TV series, and the question is, is can it live up to? Yeah. You know, if nothing else, the first two movies in the series. Um, there were a lot of fantasy films that actually borrowed a lot from. Hello, hello, Moira. Um, welcome, Cat. Um, that borrowed a lot from Star Wars. You'd uh, Krull. yeah. Which I, I swear, I I've been like hearing it. we're getting a remake
1: of that. I, you know, I heard that at one point. I don't know that uh, anything is is happening with it. Um, it it would be fun to see someone maybe do that may if you, uh, well, and it goes back to your point of it's got to be done right. And if you're going to do something like that, you know, there is definitely a chance that you're going to get it wrong. Um, well, and there are
0: folks who are, this is, this has been referred to, uh, the Sci-Fi Channel, the Sci-Fi answer to *Heaven's Gate*, which I think is harsh. <laughs> I think that's harsh. Um, it is a—it's very much a fantasy movie with science fiction trappings attached to it, and it mm-hmm. doesn't mesh well. Uh, but there's some fun visuals in that movie.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it's 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 great to look at. Um, I think I think one of the problems that you have with it (coughs) excuse me is the the science fiction elements when you say they don't they don't mesh well i think they're not blended it's it's like okay we're gonna do the fantasy quest movie for a while and now we're into the swords and lasers and ray guns and pew pew and now we're back to the fantasy right. and now we're back to the to the ray guns and and spaceships and, and there was no there was there was no mix it was it we were doing one and then you're it doing crafted the grafted
0: on yeah. it really yeah. felt like it was you're in two different genres um and it, it, in in all fairness to to a great fondness i had for it when i was younger that's a massively impractical weapon <laughs> i mean you think if, if you ever saw it's a if bladed boomerang. There, that's all it is. Yeah, all <laughs> Yeah. You, you ever thought that a lightsaber is in some respects not the most practical of all weapons? Um, we have and you have not seen crawl, let me tell you. But it there looks are more practical.
1: Cool.
0: Oh, it's a it's
1: definitely it's a, a rule. It's of a cool throwing weapon. star. It's a throwing star.
0: It's a it's a laser firing boomerang throwing star. Yeah. Think of all the things <laughs> that can go wrong. And they surprisingly don't, but uh, you wouldn't necessarily want them to. Uh, it, film would be film would be over really quick. Flip, 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 flip. ah! Oh, oh, the hero's <laughs> dead. Oops. Uh,
1: Robert says, "Crawl reminds me of a Nazi haunted castle in Hungary story. Can't remember the title. Does that sound familiar to you?"
0: Nazi hunted Are you thinking a real place, Robert? Or are you thinking of castle um... in
1: Hungary? Or oh, I, think, yeah, it could be I could I, I, I think I misread that it could very well be he's talking about a real place In a, there's horror.
0: a there's a movie um, based on uh, one of the F Paul Williams books that is a horror one of these days we can talk about horror films that need a remake uh, because uh, the keep if you're thinking of a movie I'm think you might be thinking of the keep. Which yes, there's a lot in common with crawl in terms of the visual aesthetic, um, and uh, yeah, it's definitely it's you're probably thinking you're you're probably uh, thinking to keep, uh, which is a really really entertaining book, and um, a movie that has things that happen in it, <laughs> and a, and a, and actually surprisingly good cast, but uh, it's also a troubled production movie too. So we can talk about that another time, but.
1: The, um, the Roger Corman film that you were looking for was Space Raiders.
0: That's right. That's, that's right. That, uh, it's that's not a good movie. <laughs> it's it's no, and it's it's all recycled footage, which is just wrong. Um, we cannot talk about Star Wars movies without talking about Hardware Wars.
1: Right. I have the special edition.
0: As well, you should. I um, wish
1: I had the original, so I could I could have the two and I could do the side by side comparison. But that, yeah. I have the, and I, I have saw Hardware edition.
0: Wars at science fiction conventions. This is where fans saw this movie. It was not even 15 minutes long. And it hit, it hit the festival circuit. Mm-hmm. And it was the, the science fiction festival circuit. I can't
1: remember where I saw it first.
0: And you would just sit there. You would wait until they showed it again. And you would go back to the room they were screening it in and just laugh. And There were a lot of little spin off kind of things like like thumb wars and things like that, but the granddaddy of them all was hardware wars. And you just I mean it was
1: Well and the fact you, that they got Paul Freeze to do the the voice track. You know. I, that would be was, like getting Tom to do it now. You know, get Tom to go. Ooh. Right, right. I just had a little light go off right atop at of my head. You, I don't know if you, you really... saw it's out of the frame. It's out of frame. You can't see it on camera. Yep, yep.
0: Mm -hmm. Have to, to, uh, you know, put a little pin in that
1: and come back to it. It's not a bad idea. We can send an email to Dave Filoni and say, Hey, Dave, we got an idea for a sequel. (laughs) Right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Speaking of voiceovers, I was, and I talked about the the different uh, trailers that have been watching for some of these. One that surprised me, Uh, it was the trailer for The Ice Pirates, starring Robert Urich, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a Star Wars pastiche ripoff as well-ish. But the trailer is voiced by William Shallert. Not your usual voiceover people. Right? It's it's William Shallert. I'm like, that's William Shallert. Because, you know, a lot of us will recognize William Shallert from... Star Trek. He was uh, he was Commissioner Commissioner Lurie. Com- he was he was the officious administration okay, government type that was in charge uh, that Kirk ran into with the trouble with tribbles. He was the right, right. he was the the bureaucrat. Yeah. Um, he was also uh, on the Patty Duke show, the dad.
0: On the mm, Patty right, yeah. show, you know, he's right. done
1: a number of things, you know, besides that. But that's uh, that's generally where people will re- will recognize him. And I thought that's odd to hear him doing that because he doesn't have the voice for a voiceover. You know, you you expect that the voiceovers are the big, rich, deep, booming, right, sure. you know, or I mean, Orson Welles did the the trailer for Star Wars. Yeah, so it's it. It was very odd to hear that, but Ice Pirates is another one of those where. And
0: that's actually, I I have a
1: real fondness for that movie.
0: How? Um, It's got its issues. There's no question. (laughs) Um,
1: What movie doesn't? Besides Back to the Future.
0: Well, Casablanca maybe.
1: Casablanca, yeah
0: in the big sleep although the big sleep does in fact have someone who no one can explain how they actually died not even the writer but that's not a bug that's a feature
1: well and i would say that the that the only issue that casablanca has is the fact that letters of transit didn't actually exist they weren't a thing but if you sub- if you substitute in your head a passport it works no. so that's my head headcanon that there you go. Letters of transit were the secret code word for passport.
0: <laughs> well, any film, any film where you can definitely, all these years later, find a use for, shocked, shocked I am.
1: <laughs> Here are your winnings.
0: Uh, yes. Uh, Claude Raines, ladies and gentlemen, Claude Rains was an absolute treasure in every movie that he was in. If you have not, if you have not
1: round up Enjoyed the, the power of
0: Claude Rains. Uh, not to mention of course he was the invisible man in the original classic universal picture yes um, and it is unfortunate that he is not or he was not around to see the Elizabeth Banks one because I think he would have been very very entertained <laughs> um, but uh, um, there's sort of a snake eating your own tail here one that we have to talk about message from space ah yes yes Um, Which I had, I was reminded of this one when I was looking at these, the ones that were out there. I have seen this film, but it has been a few decades, and now I have to watch it again. (laughs) Uh, Because uh, Kinji uh, Fukasaka, Fukasaku, who did Battle Royale, is what a lot of modern audiences will know, Mm -hmm. um, was actually an inspiration for Lucas when he made Star Wars. And so it's almost, he inspired Lucas and then Lucas made Star Wars and then Message of Space kind of became his Star Wars and it's, uh, but I recall being very confused by this movie when I watched it when I was <laughs> a lot younger. It's a, it's a dense plot, um, but uh, um, it's definitely a Star Wars visuals kind of inspired thing. And it inspired a TV show. It got its own spin off so um yeah i mean you know it's uh there's certainly one of the things that that you know while star wars definitely had its inspiration in some of these samurai films um it also kind of looped back around so i thought it was a kind of a nice little touch that the inspiration got to do his own version Uh, but if you look at some of the stills that are online you're like wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) i know what that production design reminds me of
1: well, and there were a lot of these where the sets were recycled from other from other uh, productions oh, yeah. and other things. Um, one that we haven't talked about yet, Flash. Flash was not inspired by
0: anything. Flash sprung <laughs> from the 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 ether all on its own. Um, through the power of, of Brian Blessed, Queen, and Max Van Sydow. <laughs> That's what happened there.
1: Um, that was a yes, than, Biden movie. Well, Biden
0: and that movie. version of the film really, I don't think, would have happened unless we got Star Wars. And no. there's a certain level of leaning into the pulp, uh, the leaning into that kind of serialized sort of thing that they did with the, that, that we really got Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers back yeah. in, in the days of the theaters. My <laughs> father and I were just talking. Uh, and he was saying that he is actually because, you know, Netflix and Amazon and all these things, he's actually been going back and watching some of these old school uh, serialized mm-hmm. things and just amusing himself greatly. Uh, See, and that's
1: the, a that's a whole other thing where we could get into some of that stuff, because a lot of this stuff's now oh. in the public domain. Well, you can you you find know.
0: the original Captain Captain uh, Marvel movie yeah. uh, movies. Uh, so these are all serials, you know, the uh, uh, Commander Cody. You can find uh um, Rocky
1: Jones Space Ranger.
0: Yeah, you can find uh, uh there's Captain America serials, there's the old Batman serials. Um certainly there are um a lot of things that were again, to modernize they're a little quaint. Yeah. But remember that you were watching them in ten minute bites or less in the movie theater every week.
1: I just um, I just had a brilliant idea for a feature, Mrs. Boss. The Sci-Fi for Me VHS Theater. And we do little little video effects on our title sequence. It, you know, the little roll and stuff. All sure. Right. Another, another pin. Another pin on the board there. So, <laughs> But see, and the thing about it is, though, we wouldn't have gotten Star Wars without Flash Gordon because George Lucas wanted to make Flash Gordon. Right. And couldn't get the rights. And so... There we are. We have Star Wars because he couldn't get Flash Forward. Hey, this actually. Do you hear that? I hear what? That's the very first time. That's the very first time that the countdown clock has actually given me sound on the alarm when I run to zero. Huh. I've got this little beep 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 in my head in my in my in my. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I would hate to have
0: us leave this particular discussion without rem- mentioning the all-time greatest Star Wars ripoff. I think it would be criminal for us not to mention Turkish Star Wars. <laughs> because um, it is, in fact, the...
1: Except that's not officially its title. No, it's, it's
0: called... that's a, that's a much better title than the man who saved the world. <laughs> uh which is it's which is what its title translates into. All right. Um but it is the one that we, we mentioned early on. This is the one where they they directly stole footage, music, uh and spliced it in there. It is an amazingly incomprehensible mess. Yeah. Um but uh you know <laughs> it's proven to have surprising popularity with folks who want to see something that is an entertaining disaster
1: sure, sure
0: um, i just uh i I could not in good conscience, recommend it to anybody <laughs> uh, unless unless you want to play a drinking game and you don't mind alcohol poisoning <laughs> uh,
1: well and and another one of those um would you would you consider Saturn Three for a drinking game, or is it just that's just so the, kind pro- of the
0: Saturn Saturn Three? I think really, and, and I think I would say Saturn Three was more inspired by Alien.
1: Okay, it yeah. Was to do, it that. was
0: trying to do a more a more science fiction version of Alien, as opposed to the more because Alien, in many ways, is a horror film in a in science space. fiction setting. Yeah, you know, it's a haunted house story, um, and. Uh, Saturn Three, I think, tried to do that without the aliens. Uh, and yeah, you know, they make just did his... the
1: mad robot.
0: Well, and and Harvey Keitel, because folks, I hate to break it to you, if you put Harvey <laughs> Keitel in a movie, he's not going to play the good guy. Harvey Keitel is not built to play the good guy. Or well, he's not placed to play a, a noble good guy. Let's anyway. He can he can play a, a broken good guy.
1: Sure, because I was about to say, "Life on Mars." You know, he's playing. Well, and bad. Behind. That's that's bad
0: lieutenant. Different. Bad lieutenant is actually. I mean, it's a rough movie. Yeah, um, but it's actually he's he does brilliant work in it, uh, and uh, and I'm actually a, a big Harvey Keitel fan. But he's one of those characters if he shows up in your science fiction film, or your or your 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 thriller. Odds are good you should run (laughs) because Harvey Keitel is going to do bad things to, you know, Farrah Fawcett. Um,
1: (laughs) Now, uh, the last one that I've got on my list, and I don't think it quite fits, I think it's more of a Mad Max pastiche, is Megaforce. Which I believe Uh, maybe what maybe I I want to say it was Persis Kambata's last film. It might have she might have done one more past that, but I think I I think think it was her last one. Yeah, and it was you know more GI Joe Mad Max than Star Wars, but it I think it it may have borrowed a little bit from there, but um. Maybe not so much because I was doing all my research I was like, yeah, I don't I don't think that quite fits our list. But um."
0: well, but I think that if you're thinking something that that is in that sort of wheelhouse, um, you're looking at something like um, Metal Storm, which I think is kind of like what would happen if you crossed Star Wars and Mad Max and uh, uh, Megaforce.
1: Mm hmm. Um, and there was the animated Star Chaser, sure, which was also kind of a, an animated Star Wars ripoff. Well, so,
0: no, Wizards was a fantasy version. There's a lot of this stuff out there, by the way, guys. I mean, if you really, really want to find these things,
1: and wasn't um, wasn't Wizards done the similar similar kind of thing to like heavy metal?
0: Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, style. It's an, it's an anime it's yeah and it's it's actually got a really kind of interesting animated style it's it's worth watching for the visual texture if nothing else i, mm-hmm. I don't rec- it's been a long time since i've seen it i don't recall the story being particularly grand
1: no um but uh um the wolf is a great guy sonya says
0: Sure. Sure. If you're making if you're making if you're making a Harvey Keitel reference, it's it's going past me, uh, but uh, that's okay too. Um, but yeah, there's 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 a lot of stuff. If you're a Star Wars fan, you know, and there's a lot of stuff out there that that is inspired by rip off can be a harsh word, sure. but some of this stuff is just fun. Yeah. Um, it may not be good. Um, or certainly not good compared to Star
1: Wars. We need we need to we need to investigate a B movie night type of feature where we can screen yeah. some of this yeah. stuff. We need to look into that. So, I should um, actually, Robert. Email.
0: Yeah, Robert. I will. I will. I know that. Like I said, my dad and I were just talking about this, so I'll touch base with him and see where I can find some of these old serials for you. Because I think some of this stuff you do have to go out and pick it up from. Like, uh, you know, it's out, It's some of it, A lot of it's out on DVD.
1: Uh, And if you have a Roku device, uh, we have run across a number of channels that are putting out uh, a a lot of this stuff on, you know, like classic Western channel or it's like those like those, you know here's the easy listening channel and here's the jazz channel and here's the Samba channel. We've got these classic, this is classic horror channel, classic science fiction channel. And, right. and you know, it's very generic, but there's a lot of public domain stuff. Cause I, I think at one point we had talked about the desert Island film library. And I recognize a lot of titles from that library on these channels. So, you right, know, right. the last woman on Earth, you know, the head that wouldn't die, those kind of things, right? Which, um, if you
0: haven't seen the head that wouldn't die, folks, <laughs> I, I, was, I was entertained. I mean, I'll, I'll, if nothing else, I was
1: entertained. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Robert says, Rise of Skywalker is B-movie Star Wars. Hey, B-movie Star Wars are the bigger budget. But well, see,
0: but considering that Star Wars, in many ways, the original Star Wars was conceived as some sort of being a B movie. Yeah, it was a um, it was
1: a serial, and and really, if you look at the first movie more than the others, but if you put a clock to it, and and Raiders of the Lost Ark is the same way. Ten minutes, in ten right. minutes. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Every ten minutes in both of those movies. And it's very much, you you could break those apart into the various different chapters of the serial and, and it's structured and you, that way on purpose. And it, it and works very well. And you go to the
0: movie theater every week and give them your nickel oh. and you'd sit there. And uh, the other thing, the fun thing to remember is that a lot of these serials back in the day, uh, you actually showed up to the theater at any time and you sat through the end of the previous movie and rolled around until you caught up. Uh, it was not until I think the 50s or the 60s, which, when you consider, movies had been in you know movies had been around for decades at that point. Um, and I think it was Hitchcock who might have basically uh, put his foot down and made the theaters uh, you know basically refusing to show the film if, if they you know letting anybody into the screening past the uh, the opening of the picture. Mm uh and it basically influenced the whole the model going down the line but there was a time when you would just you know you could come in and watch those serials they wouldn't kick you out of the theater it was a different it was a different environment but um you know so much of this stuff you know it's just it's a different kind of storytelling and when you see something like star wars or raiders of the lost ark being able to lean into that and actually make it work yeah it's still an effective kind of storytelling
1: well, speaking of getting kicked out, we are at the end of our hour-ish. So uh, we're going to head out. Uh, first of all, I do want to remind folks tomorrow night, we're going to have a brand new Triple Bites with the latest Star Trek and Orville news. And if you are so inclined, you've got to buy some Star Wars stuff for May the 4th. superhero stuff.com. you can get a 10% discount when you use the promo code SCIFIFORME10. And we've just added a new tier, a new support tier over at our Subscribestar account. Uh, so now you can opt in for either $5 or $10 uh, or you know, no dollars. Just uh, share the links and make sure you've got your notifications on. Eventually YouTube will let you know when we put new stuff here on the channel. And uh, we're working on something. We're, we're talking. We're having conversations. So, all right. Thank you, everybody, in the chat tonight. I uh, appreciate the conversation and the comments. And if yeah. you are watching on repeat, uh, certainly leave your comments uh, in, in the discussion thread and let us know some of your favorite Star Wars copycats. And. Uh, Of course, you can send us an email, h2o at sci fi for mecom with your comments and feedback as well. And we will be back to do this again next week. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thanks for watching. Good night, folks. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.